How could that be? What happened the night before? And the answer is the first Passover. It was a picture, a type of the Last Supper. The blood on the doorpost depicting the cross, and inside they fed on the roasted lamb, the unleavened, unleavened bread, the body of our Lord Jesus. Uh, John 6:51, Jesus said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now, do you see that? For the life, the health, the healing, the provision, the protection, well-being, and much more for the life of the world. When Jesus was in the upper room, Matthew 26 tells us that they were eating, and Jesus took the bread. He gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. That was the Last Supper. Jesus said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And now we know why. It's for us today, life, our life, our health and well-being. He, our Lord Jesus, paid for it. Ponder this. Remember this. And partake in Lord Jesus when you're ready. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Then he, Jesus, took the cup. He gave thanks, and he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. He said to them, this is my body. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Our Lord Jesus gave himself for us to reconcile and redeem us to, the, to our Father. And he gave us the gift of eternal life by washing away our sins with his very own blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Drink when you are ready. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your gift. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for thinking of us. Thank you for remembering us and for making sure that you redeemed us from the curse, the curse of the land, the curse of all that was given up and came upon us because of Adam and redeeming us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Praise your name. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Your name is so good to us. Praise your name. Glory to your name. Praise you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. 
Thank you. Thank you too, Rick. That Thank was powerful. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Earlier this week, uh, the Holy Spirit put on my heart to speak about communion. I thought to myself, well, you know, where am I going to start with this? I want to start at the top. I'll go back to when I was doing uh, First Eucharist Bible College. One of my teachers, his name is Wendell Parr. Wow, what a great teacher. I looked through the syllabus or curriculum or whatever you call it for Karis Bible College and one of the subjects, it was called Old Testament Survey. And I said to Gloria at the time, I said, wow, that's going to be like watching paint dry. It couldn't have been further from the truth. This uh, Wendell Parr, he just brought what I thought was going to be a boring subject into a vibrant series of lessons that just held my attention through till the end and it was a big subject. Every subject in uh, Karis Bible College is uh, eight lessons and I think there was Old Testament Survey 1, 2 and possibly even 3. It's a while back. Wow, it, it, it was fantastic and I'm going to draw off what Wendell taught me today while I'm trying to explain this significance of communion and where it fits in the body of Christ. For those of you who might be listening to this recorded Bible study, if you think it all sounds familiar what I'm saying, well it should be because I'm basically going to be repeating to you what Wendell taught me. Let's get back to talking about communion. And you might be thinking to yourself, how does the Old Testament survey relate to communion? Well, I'm about to tell you. The first feast, and it's interesting that, that Rick mentioned the feast when he was doing communion this morning, and a lot of what Rick covered is what I'm going to also bring out. It is very, very relevant to us taking communion. The first feast given to the children of Israel under the law of Moses is the feast of Passover and unleavened bread. And if we can turn in our Bibles to Exodus chapter 12, Rick, can I also ask you if you wouldn't mind reading from Exodus chapter 12? I'll get you to read the first 14 verses, Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 down to 14, but just hold off for a moment before you come online, if everybody can find Exodus chapter 12. The Passover, how can I describe it? The Passover is basically a picture of our redemption, or in other words, it's a type and shadow of our redemption. The Passover is a picture of our redemption, or it's sometimes called a type and shadow, a type and shadow of our redemption. Rick, if you are in agreement and you're ready to read Exodus chapter 12 reading from verse 1 down to verse 14 if you could just click star 6 and you'll be you'll be in and I'll get you to read those verses for me please Rick okay Gloria usually reads from New King James so that's what I'll read from now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt 
saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to him, next to his house, take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lentil of the houses where they eat. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrance. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire, and thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Thank you, Rick. Very well read. In the Passover, God commanded Israel to remember. To remember what? That lamb that was slain. The Passover lamb that was slain. The Passover lamb that he, how did he put it? He, he instructed them to consume while they were still standing, I think it said, or in haste. Uh, ready for that journey out of Egypt. See, they were preparing to leave Egypt and this was their Passover meal. And he, he said, you know, sandals on your feet, be ready to go, eat it in haste, be ready. When God says, you shall, as he does in Exodus 12, verse 14, which I think was the last verse that Rick read, it's a commandment. The Passover is the picture or shadow of what happened to redeem you and me. And of course, 
The scripture teaches us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sins. Rick, can I ask you to help me out again? If we can all turn to Hebrews chapter 9, please. Rick, are you able to read verses 13 to 22 for me or for us, please? Hebrews 9, verses 13 to 22. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgression that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of the internal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. For a testament is of force after Excuse me. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. Thank you, Rick. I couldn't help but notice the similarity between Hebrews 9.20 and what I recall of 1 Corinthians 11.25. Let me find 1 Corinthians 11.25. Hebrews 9.20 says this, well it says, saying, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. And then the similarity is over in 1 Corinthians 11.25 in the same manner he also took the cup after supper and this is where the similarity comes in saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me you can see that type and shadow there from the old covenant coming through and being fulfilled in the new covenant So the Passover lamb is a picture of our redemption. And that journey that the 
children of Israel started with the Lord after the Passover, that journey that they started with the Lord, that is representative or a type and shadow of our Christian walk. The Passover, of course, has now been changed into what we call communion, the Lord's Supper. It's got a lot of different names. Some churches call it the Eucharist. Communion is to remind us of the sacrifice that Jesus made, his shed blood and his broken body. We find Paul reiterating in the New Testament what God, basically the same as what God had told the children of Israel in both Exodus and Leviticus. If you go there, you see that Paul is basically repeating it all for us. In the New Testament, Paul says, as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. Paul says the Lord has commanded us to do this in remembrance of him. When Jesus says, this do in remembrance of me, it's more than a suggestion. It's a commandment. The Passover that Israel celebrated over and over was to remember how God delivered them out of Egypt. But it was also to point them towards a day that the true sacrifice was going to be made. That sacrifice of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In our case, it's who took away the sin of the world. And now you and I, how shall I put it? We're not looking back at Egypt. We're looking back at Calvary. Communion puts us in remembrance of the shed blood and the broken body of the Lord Jesus. Passover was that type and shadow to picture the event. But we don't observe the shadow as Israel did. We observe that true sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. Jesus, before he went to the cross, he called his disciples together and said, now we're going to celebrate the Passover one more time this way. But after this time, you're not going to remember Egypt. You're going to remember Calvary. And so we're still to observe this event as the Lord said, this do in remembrance of me. And every time we celebrate it, every time you celebrate it, we are remembering the Lord's death till he comes. So Passover is the feast that we celebrate today and call communion or the Lord's Supper. It's to remind us of the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. So we see that Passover as a type and shadow has actually been fulfilled at Calvary's cross. I'd like to look at what's meant by 
taking communion in an unworthy manner. What does this actually mean? The version that really highlights this is over in 1 Corinthians 11, it's from verse 23 to 30. And I haven't got any notes on this because really to get a misunderstanding of 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23 to 30, to misunderstand it, you really need help. You, you actually need help not to understand it. You need help. People need help to misunderstand it. And where do they get the help from? The church. There is so much wrong teaching about this. It really needs to be corrected. I'm just going to read it and I'm going to read First uh, Corinthians 11:23 to 30, very slowly. I'll take you through it first, and then I'll come back and I'll let the word rightly divide itself. Reading from verse 23 of First Corinthians chapter 11: For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25, In the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 28. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Verse 30. For this reason many are weak, and sick among you, and many sleep. Okay, so let's go back to verse 27, because this is where the confusion comes in. But before I read verse 27 again, I want to quote to you First Peter 2.24, reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes you were healed. First Peter 2.24 is foundational Christian doctrine and yet there is a whole section of the body of Christ and it's a big proportion of the body of Christ who don't believe this verse they don't believe 
that God heals today. They don't believe it. Let's go back up to verse 27. So we're reading 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, okay, what is that unworthy manner? Not believing, 1 Peter 2.24, not believing by whose stripes you were healed, not believing that God heals today. That's what this unworthy manner is. It's not about the person, it's about what they're believing. And it goes on, it says, that person will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Well, they're not just guilty of the body. They're guilty of the body and the blood because they, they can't be separated. Verse 28, but let a man examine himself. When he says, let a man examine himself, he's not saying, have you got any sin in your life? He's saying, what are you believing? Do you believe that by his stripes you were healed? Do you believe that by the blood of Jesus you were justified through faith? If you're believing that, then proceed. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Verse 29. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, the unworthy manner meaning what well, communion is a package. It's not only celebrating the body of Christ, it's celebrating the blood of Christ and what the two as a package meant for us. You can't have a half communion. You can't do, oh, I'm only going to believe in the blood and celebrate the blood. It's a full package. It's a total package. And to take communion in an unworthy manner and to say, oh, I'm coming to you, my Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to celebrate communion with you, but I don't believe that by your stripes I'm healed. That is unworthy. That is trashing the sacrifice that Jesus Christ took from those Romans when they beat him, when they put those stripes on his back. His whole body was lashed with that cat of nine tails and just tore the flesh from his body, so much so that it says he was hardly recognisable. To take communion and not discern the Lord's body is what we're talking about or what the Word of God is saying when it says in an unworthy manner. It's got nothing to do with sin. It's what you're believing. Do you believe that by the blood of Christ you are justified through faith and have received eternal life? Do you believe that by the body of Christ that was broken for us we have healing? that by his stripes we were healed. Verse 29, 
For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner drinks judgment to himself. To himself. This is not God putting it on you. In an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. Not discerning the Lord's body. It doesn't say not discerning the Lord's blood because it's all about the body. See, God knew the end from the beginning. He knew that a large percentage of the body of Christ would not believe that by his stripes we were healed. And so this verse says, not discerning the Lord's body. Because when you get born again, to be born again, you have to discern the Lord's blood. But they don't discern the Lord's body. Verse 30, for this reason... Many are weak and sick among you. Why are they weak and sick? They don't believe in healing. And many sleep. Sleep means dead. They've been taken out by sickness and disease. They've been taken out by the enemy unnecessarily. Yes, they're going to be with the Lord. I'm not talking about losing their salvation. Praise God. Thank you. That's what the Holy Spirit put on my heart to speak about today. This is a Bible study of the book of Romans. Would you like to make a comment, Rick? Yes. You know, until recently, uh, the last two or three years, um, I only knew what I was taught and always heard which it didn't set right with my spirit, but it's what the leaders taught, which is um, exactly what you've alluded to, the unworthy matter that was examine yourself, and if there be any sin in your life, don't partake. And that it is clear that it doesn't say that, but yet, that's how it was interpreted, and, you know, kind of the blind leading the blind. People were taught that. That's what they were taught. They were taught, the, the leaders that taught them that were taught that. And the truth makes so much sense, and it emphasizes the importance of what Jesus did for us. Uh, yes, there's been the emphasis of the forgiveness of sin, but the body has really been mm, glossed over. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost like it's almost like mumbling by his stripes we were healed, uh, and really no no true connection. But it is so the connection is so loud and clear. And it is what we need to do to remember. It's, it's unworthy not only to not believe by his stripes we were healed, but to believe the rest of it, the rest of what salvation meant, the rest of what the word life that he brought. Life wasn't just our physical life. Life, uh, the, the word was sozo, which um, I like the way Emily puts it is, uh, and I, 
I'm not, I, I'm not going to say it all correctly, but it's, uh, it, it's everything being as it, you know, as it should be, and that there's nothing missing, nothing broken. Not, it's the, it's a complete package, and that, that's what includes the protection, the provision. The the, uh, the safety, the the well-being, the satisfaction, um, all of all of the parts of life that make life truly abundant. Um, that's what the salvation that he purchased for us. That was the fullness of it, uh, and not to minimize eternal life and the cleansing of our sins and, of course, the the redemption uh, and reconciliation to our Father. He came that we would know his name, Father, but it's, it's the rest of it, all that's been promised, uh, heaven on earth, the kingdom life, the heritage uh, of an inheritance as sons and daughters, uh, you know, to to remember the fullness of that. We're princes and princesses, and all that the kingdom has is due us, is for us. It's according to his riches of all that he has, and uh, it's uh, it it. It isn't emphasized enough, uh, and it's been buried and twisted into something that we don't even want to think about based on, well, if we examine ourselves, who of us doesn't have sin? We have to, we, if we're going to, all of those taking communion who believe that doctrine, are actually then taking it in an unworthy manner because we have sin. We don't want to have sin. We don't revel in sin. Sin doesn't reign in our life, but we still have sin. We, we, none of us could take it. And, and so uh, the, the body of Christ has been forced to, in, in what they thought was correct, being liars taking communion because none of us in that if that was true should be taking communion but of course that's not at all what it meant and i'm so glad this message the truth of what jesus asked us to do and remember that that truth has finally been re-revealed uh that that what has been buried and twisted by the enemy, um, even though so many still don't want to hear it. When I tried to bring this to the attention, especially of the leaders uh, in the church, they, they were like, they like glossed over and had nothing to say. Now, the people of the congregation I said it to got the biggest smiles on their faces 
and lights in their eyes to realize how much more was in salvation and in communion and what was available. Now, that got stolen from many of them because they were torn. They were torn between, listen to what Rick says, the Word says, or what they've always been taught and their leaders are still leading them in. Thanks, Rick. That was very well said. I've just been taking notes on what you were saying, and if I can, before I go to Heather for a comment, I'd just like to read the notes that I took, and I was in the process of writing down sin condemns. Well, at the moment, how can I put this? Um, Jesus dealt with sin. Whenever we hear sin being mentioned or sin being an issue, we're actually hearing the law. And the strength of sin is the law. By the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, we were justified. By the blood, let me, let me really emphasize this. The emphasis, we go back to communion, that's on the blood side. I've been focused about the body side. But on the blood side of the equation, if I can call it, by the blood of Christ... By his blood, our sin was entirely blotted out. It, was, it wasn't just blotted out, it was removed. We were recreated. We are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Sin, the sin of the past, present and future was dealt with by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is more powerful. One drop of his blood that Gloria keeps emphasizing, one drop of his blood was enough to blot out the sins of all of mankind for all of eternity. That's how powerful Jesus' blood was. And we are justified. 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 By the blood of Christ. Sin doesn't rate a mention. In fact, God doesn't even remember our sin. Yes. Sin is not an issue. The blood of Christ dealt with that. So, you referred to the truth. And do you know that the truth is everywhere? It's all around us. The truth is all around us. But it's only when we have knowledge of the truth, when we have that knowledge of the truth that you have reiterated so well to us, you've, you spoke so well, Rick, that knowledge of the truth, when we apply it in our lives, that's what sets us free. Hmm, praise God. Yeah, so I might ask Heather, would you like to comment, Heather? I'll just open the line up for you. I don't have a 
a comment. I don't have anything to add. It is it is new teaching as far as I haven't heard it before. <laughs> so no, okay. I'm just taking it in. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good that you haven't heard it before. When I say good that you haven't heard it before, let me say I like it when you get somebody who's had no wrong teaching. If you've had no wrong teaching, then you will just take this in and it won't be a problem for you. Because as I said before, the Word of God speaks for itself. And people who've been in, I don't like to say churches, but generally that's where it's come from, where they've had wrong teaching, you know, they're getting that help. To misunderstand what's written in First Corinthians there, people need help. So if you've not had any, any wrong teaching on it, that's good. You'll just you'll just read it and, and there won't be an issue with it and you'll accept what I've, um, you know, to, what I've said. To the contrary, to the contrary, I have never heard what you've said. I oh, okay. All right. Well, I'd say take it to, in that case, take it, take it to the Holy Spirit, pray about it, and let let the peace of God be your umpire. You don't have to believe Gary. What you have to do is get confirmation from the Holy Spirit. You see, that's what this Bible study is about. It, it's not about understanding the book of Romans. It's about God, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, teach the teachers slash preachers how to rightly divide the word of truth. And that's what, to the best of my ability, that's what I'm doing. And it's not like I'm a, I'm a fantastic speaker or an orator or something like that. I'm just a, a humble Christian whose God has called to teach the teachers slash preachers how to rightly divide the, the word of truth. And as I said to somebody the other day, it's a pretty narrow band what I'm called to do. And I don't, I don't, claim to be a know-it-all I don't claim to know everything but I know what I'm called to do and I believe that God doesn't call the equipped he equips the called so once again I just say to you take what I've said today in prayer take it to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will either give you a red light on it or a green light and I'm confident that he'll give you a green light on it because what I, I have told you today, I believe, is the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. So, um, yeah, we might leave it at that. And I'll go over to Melissa and ask Melissa, would you have a comment? I agree with both you and Richard Gary. I've, I've attended that same class that you did with Wendell Parr. And so everything that was taught tonight, um, I just confirmed there was a, I went back to some of my notes, Leviticus 17:11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement. I'm, and there's countless others, I do want you to know this, Heather, there's countless other coupling scriptures and paralleled scriptures for both of Gary and Richard's teachings. Um, and I have just note after note about the justification, the sanctification, the redemption. Um, not to speak, we could do another two hours on the renting of the veil and, and the rendering 
of the of the devil powerless. That's that's a whole other teaching, on top of all the things that have been spoken tonight. Um, but I love too what Richard brought up about Emily. Nothing lacking, and now nothing broken. Um, and I I I just concur uh, concur with both both of you gentlemen tonight. I have the same notes, and I probably have about 22 parallel scriptures I'm looking at right now to everything that's been taught tonight. Thanks, Melissa. That was well said. Maria, can we get a comment from you, please? No, I don't think we've got Maria. Hello, Maria. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, um, would you like to make a comment on on tonight's Bible study? It was great, and I learned a lot. I've learned a lot. I have always wondered about uh, what we were reading about the condemnation, condemnation, and you explained that. And I'm going to dig some more and read some more. So I really thank you. Thank you for that. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for your your comments and your support there, Maria. And Melissa, I know that you're a very busy woman with your business. If you had time to write and put a post up from those notes that you've taken in the GFCD Bible study group, or just send them to me and I'll, I'll put them up at the top of the funnel, um, that would be greatly appreciated. I will open all the lines up. Rick, would you like to close the Bible study with prayer, please? Yes. Father, we come to you just rejoicing in the freedom that we have to to seek you and to find that when we seek, we do find and that you have supplied us with not only your word, but with the the understanding and the ability to have teachers teach us how to rightly divide this word. Yes. Uh, the word has been often corrupted and twisted, sometimes well-meaning, other times self-serving. But your word is true. And when we understand it, it brings light to any situation. It brings light to our bodies, to our families, uh, to our life in general. And we thank you that we have this opportunity to uh, expand upon it and hear from others and hear confirmation as well as, at times, correction. And we thank you that you've not let those of us that have walked in confusion and darkness to remain there, that you've seen us through when we were ignorant, misled, misunderstood, misdirected, and you've not left us there to our own devices and to decide upon ourselves but you have provided the teachers to help us rightly divide the word of truth and learn how to do it ourselves. And we ask 
that you write these truths on our hearts so that we can remember them at the proper time. We ask yes, that you show us the simple, basic meanings of the scriptures that are, that are almost face value, but that you also show us the deeper meanings that are interwoven with other scriptures that support uh, uh, each other and that we understand the different meanings the same scripture have your living word that that can change for us personally not out of being uh, 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 insecure or wishy-washy but it it is a living scripture that meets our needs for where we are at and that we don't uh, we we don't need to or we won't get so overconfident to think this is this is all the scripture means okay we know that we got that we can put that behind us no we can read the same scripture and it means something else today for the situation the circumstance the the problem uh, the dilemma the challenge um, as well as the joy and uh, the peace that you have provided with your word. And it truly does bring life. It is mm. the bread that we also feed on, our Lord Jesus, the word. And that it has become something that is a light to our path and is uh, our hope. And we can turn to the word and receive what we need and just help us to remember to ask you what do you have in store for us today Lord mm. I'm I'm going to read your word show me Lord Jesus show me what you have for me today Lord and help me to deliver it to others and to point others to Lord Jesus we thank yeah. you for this uh, may mm. all of us just continue in your peace and in your love and be that shining beacon of you, Lord, uh, yeah. and that we not shine upon ourselves or to ourselves, but that we're pointing others and shining light, your light, onto you for others to see and others to be drawn to. And in that process, you bless us, you uh, give us meaning in life, and you give us the joy that that is beyond understanding. We just yeah. ask that you continue to mm. just shine upon us and mm. help us to remember you are singing and rejoicing over us, over mm. us, no matter what we're doing you're rejoicing you're you're so pleased with us you see your son and you see that we trusted you and we trusted lord jesus and we just thank you that you you want us in your family you want yeah. us as your friend you yeah. you want us to to just climb up into your lap yeah. and settle in and enjoy you 
and each other. We thank you for this, Lord Jesus. Yes. In precious name. Amen. 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 Wow. Thank you so much, Rick. Amen. Yes. Thank you so much, Rick. Um, That was a wonderful, wonderful prayer. Yes. And... Yes. But, you know, on a personal level, Rick, um, yeah, you just brought... You you brought peace to me during this Bible study, Rick. Your your assess, um, um, your yeah, you were just a, a tremendous yeah. help. Help. Thank you very much. Yeah. I really, really appreciate the effort you put in. And it wasn't like Rick um, was prepared. He didn't know I was going. Yes, he had prepared the um, communion message, but he didn't know I was going to ask him to read those verses. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate it. Thank you, Rick. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, 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 I'm, you know, someone said to me a few weeks ago, all word uh, without any spirit can be dry. Um, I don't know about the rest of you, but um, for me, uh, this Bible study was just full of spirit. It was was the the spirit coming out of Mm -hmm. each of you that impacted me. And, um, yeah, I just want to thank you all so much. You're all a blessing. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. God bless you and Heather. Um, we, I know I said we would be dealing with um, what was it? Romans eight twenty and Romans eight twenty six. Well, that's just been adjourned one week, and we will be starting at Romans eight twenty next week, um, unless the Holy Spirit speaks to me and tells me something else in the meantime. But I expect to be um, hitting at Romans eight twenty. Uh, next week. So God bless you all and good, uh, good night to you all and we'll talk again next week. And thanks for coming, Maria. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Good night to you, Gary. Thank you. Okay. God bless. Good night. Good night. Uh, I'll talk, I'll talk to you night. during the week, Rick and Airline. God okay. bless. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.